Khan Academy Digital Sessions. Conversations on the legal topics affecting businesses and individuals today. In this episode, should we crack down on airline ads for encouraging long distance or regular flights? Are businesses using green terms such as carbon neutral and net zero honestly? And what do consumers understand those terms to mean? In the wake of COP26, we look at what the UK's advertising watchdog, the Advertising Standards Authority, is doing to play its part in battling the global climate crisis. Hello and welcome to the Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions podcast. I'm Stuart Lester, Managing Associate at Mishcon Rea, specialising brand protection and advertising law and practice. Today we are first in a new series called Meet the Regulators, and in this episode I'm delighted to be joined by Miles Lockwood. Miles is Director of Complaints and Investigations at the Advertising Standards Authority. Miles has been at the ASA for over a decade and is leading the ASA's Climate Change and the Environment Project. Miles, delighted to have you with us today. Firstly, do you mind telling us a little bit about the role of the ASA generally as the UK advertising regulator? Sure. The ASA, well, we like to describe ourselves as the one-stop shop for UK advertising regulation. We cover most forms of advertising that people would recognise. In fact, the only thing that we don't really cover, which is contentious, is political advertising in the context of elections. But everything else falls under our remit. We have been regulating non-broadcast advertising for 60 years. In 2007, we took on responsibility for broadcast advertising in a co-regulatory partnership with Ofcom. And then in 2010, we took on the regulation of website claims and claims on social media. So we cover all of that. We're both self-regulatory and co-regulatory, but overall we knit together what we like to describe a form of collective regulation. So we work with sectoral regulators like the Gambling Commission, the FCA, and the Medicines and Regulatory Healthcare Authority as appropriate. And we're here to ensure that ads are legal, decent, honest and truthful, and we do that by administering the advertising code. Now, as I mentioned in the introduction, you're leading the ASA's Environment and Climate Change Project. Do you mind telling us a bit about that and why it's become such an important issue for the ASA? And do you think the ASA actually has a key role to play in responding to the climate change emergency? Absolutely. Well, I mean, the first thing to say is that the ASA has got a really long track record uh, regulating environmental claims. We've been doing it for decades, long before, in fact, this was a priority for other stakeholders, other regulators. So we've got, we think, a strong track record of holding to account businesses for misleading and socially irresponsible advertising in this space. But look, we're not complacent. As everybody knows, the the evidence of a climate emergency, the evidence of environmental degradation is ever more apparent. And the ASA decided last year that we needed to go further. We needed to check in to see whether or not our rules, our regulation needed to go into new territory to help to respond to that. And you know, key to that is the bigger picture here, because what we've got is governments, UK government, other governments around the world setting stringent targets for carbon reductions. The UK has set a target of 2050 net zero, with the vast majority of that being achieved by 2035, 78% carbon reduction by 2035. And government advisors, the Climate Change Committee, telling us that you know, consumer behaviour change is going to play an enormous part in achieving that. 30% reductions in carbon is the estimate that they think needs to be achieved in terms of the changes that we see from the public over the next 15 or so years. So advertising, although it's not been a really big issue or 
particularly in the the crosshairs of critics up to this point, we think is beginning to become more of an issue. We can see that there are increasing numbers of critics who are arguing that advertising is a driver of unsustainable consumptions and is part of the problem. So it's really important over the next few years that advertisers and by extension advertising regulation plays its part to ensure that ads are seen to be not part of the problem, but part of the solution in this challenge that we all face. So as you said, advertising claims about the environment are not new, of course, but when we're seeing with our own clients, the growing number of brands are referring to, you know, their environmental credentials, their products and services. So given this rise in green advertising, are you dealing with more complaints as a result? I mean, we hear a lot about greenwashing, for example, and I understand that the CMA, the Competitions and Markets Authority, have estimated that about 40% of green claims made online could potentially be misleading. Is that coming through in the complaints that you're investigating? Good question. Um, well, look, as I said, we've had a steady stream of complaints over the years. We've been regulating this, this issue for decades. But it's absolutely the case that we're beginning to see an uptick now in people complaining about environmental claims in ads. I would estimate that around 10% of our ongoing formal investigations at the ASA currently concern environmental claims. If you think of the vast universe of issues that we deal with, that's quite significant. And I think it's only going to grow in the months ahead. We've seen particular interest around COP26, of course. It's natural. It's been in the headlines. But I think it's a longer term trend than that. And we're not only beginning to see general members of the public complaining about issues that they spot, but increasingly there are organised campaigning groups who are beginning to enter this space. Uh, there's a group called Ad Free Cities, uh, another one called Bad Advertising, who have a very negative view of the role advertising plays who are beginning to put together quite sophisticated complaints about issues that they you know they think is a priority so yeah lots of awareness in the public i think what's driving this is look we have businesses who quite understandably want to tap into this you know they're trying to do the right thing that's my honest belief businesses want to burnish their green credentials they want to promote products and services which are better for the environment But you've also got members of the public who are increasingly aware of this issue, concerned about this issue and wanting to call out what they think are misleading or socially irresponsible claims. As for the CMA research, they said, you know, 40% of Korean claims could be misleading. They didn't say are misleading. So I I think perhaps we need to have a little bit of caution over that 40% claim. But there are undoubtedly issues to address and the CMA and the ASA are totally aligned on that. And we're in fact working together very closely on that as well. And you spoke about it before, but with this increase and obviously focus on, on these issues at the ASA at the moment, what steps have you taken so far to, to handle some of these challenges, you know, either through your approach to regulation, the rules, but also thinking about education and awareness for advertisers? Yeah, so the the first step that we took in this project earlier this year was to have a look under the bonnet. We wanted to make sure that our rules, the advertising rules, um, were fit for purpose and were sufficient and also in line with best practice around the world. So we spent two or three months looking at the, the ad rules of other regulators in Europe and further afield, at legislation as well, and at the practices that other ad regulators and other regulators in this space are taking when they're looking at this sort of issue. The conclusion was that we've got the rules in place. We don't need more tools. We've got the toolbox. But there was a very clear sense that there is a need for more guidance in this space. And critical to this, underpinning all of our regulation in the years to come, 
the ASA and our sister body committee of advertising practice who write the rules have recognized the context here is really important and that context is underpinned by the climate change committees call for there to be a need for consumer behavior change and carbon reduction in key areas and that is going to be one of the guiding principles that will take us forward over the coming years misleadingness is something which we do day in day out it's it's a bread and butter issue for us we found that most of the issues that we deal with are very consistent with the kind of issues which are seen by ad regulators in other countries but it was interesting that one area came through our review which was this issue of social responsibility we've got rules in place already which can tackle things like excessive consumption irresponsible behaviors around the environment but what we noticed was that consumers haven't really been complaining to us about it and we haven't really had that much of a focus on it in the recent past. But if we are going to achieve the behaviour changes which the Climate Change Committee and the government say need to take place if the country is going to get to net zero by 2050, then we think in the years to come, consumer behaviour change, social responsibility issues are going to become more of an issue in advertising. So that is something to look out for if you're a business, I think. Just a quick word on advice and training. Yes, we're doing a huge amount of advice and training as well. We want to help businesses get this right. So we are currently developing an e-learning module, which will be available next year. We've developed what we call a nudge strategy. So when we have any conversations with any advertiser on any topic, it might be about a supermarket price comparison, for instance. We're finding opportunities to direct those advertisers to a new section on our website, which is dedicated to climate change and environment, and which includes information, resources, rulings, guidance, third-party links to other helpful materials that will help businesses get their advertising right. You spoke a bit there about the rules. So there's essentially a rule book for advertising in the UK, isn't there? It's called the advertising codes. There's the two codes depending on, on the media type. And within those codes are various sections which cover broad areas such as misleading advertising, which you mentioned. But there's also within the codes the sector-specific rules for example, on areas such as gambling. And as you said, there's already the tools in place. There's already rules specifically for environmental claims. So I wonder if you could just tell us some of the key rules relating to environmental claims and perhaps to bring that to life a little bit, if you could talk, if you're allowed, about some of the ASA rulings and some of the common mistakes that advertisers have made in their advertising, which have led to breaches. Yeah, you're absolutely right about the rules. There are specific rules in the codes around environment, but also general rules. So if you're making an environmental claim, you need to not only take account of the environmental code section, but also misleading, general misleadingness and social responsibility rules, which are in those codes. Um, there's a lot to get through. I can only really give you two or three examples here in the time available, but a really good one. Actually, one that we're seeing a lot of at the moment and which is concerning me is that there are lots of advertisers, I think, who are keen to burnish their the good credentials of products and services which they are introducing, which generally do have a benefit to the environment, say plant-based burgers or oat milk, but are making mistakes because one of the key rules in relation to environmental claims is that you need to make the basis of an environmental claim clear in an ad. That's really key here. A really good example of this that we upheld recently was the oat and almond milk drink Alpro who had a claim which said, good for the planet, good for you. Now, look, we all agree that generally oat milk is likely to be better for the planet, but the ad didn't make clear enough why it was good for you and good for the planet. 
was it good for you because the almonds were sustainable? Was it good for you and the planet because there was lower carbon footprints over the whole life cycle of the product? Was it good for you and good for the planet because it was recyclable material? The ad didn't make that clear. And just because your product or service is better for the environment and trying to do the right thing, that doesn't absolve you from having to make sure that your ad claims actually meet the rules that we have in place. Another common pitfall is significant emissions. So a great example here is a rather odd case. It was about a dog poo bag. The strange things that the ASA deal with, um, but a, a dog poo bag, which actually made quite a big issue come to light. And this was a, a claim from Ankhol Pet Products, where they claimed that their product was biodegradable. And it was biodegradable, but it was only biodegradable if you disposed of it in bushes, if you left it in the open environment. And what we found was actually most responsible consumers are going to put their dog poo bag in a bin which is suitable for dog poo, or they're going to put it into a general waste bin. And in those conditions, that bag was no more biodegradable than a plastic bag from a supermarket. And so that was a very significant omission that they needed to make clear in the ad, and they didn't. One final example, if we have time, is about full life cycle. In most circumstances, if you're making an environmental claim, you need to make sure that you capture the full life cycle of the product or service, unless you are clear that you're not doing that in your ad. Great example was BMW, who claimed that their electric car had zero emissions. What they meant to say was it had zero emissions when driving, because of course, that car had many emissions when it was being produced, designed, and would have further emissions in disposal. So the full life cycle of that electric car wasn't explained adequately in the ad. So look, you know, three examples there. It's very easy to get your ad claims wrong. This is a technical area, so you need to take care. And I think it would be remiss of me if I didn't take the opportunity to ask the director of complaints and investigations what his main message to advertisers or or brands would be if they were considering an environmental focus in their advertising. I think just recognise the complexity of the issues here. This is one area in particular where it's easy to trip up because often there are scientific underpinnings, scientific claims, the need for technical evidence, which need to underpin the kind of claims you want to make when you're talking about the environment and your environmental credentials. So it's very easy to get that wrong, to omit parts of the full life cycle of a product or service, some parts of which may be further up the manufacturing chain and outside of your direct control, for instance. And you know, overall, I would just say take advice, take all opportunities to ensure that your marketing teams, your legal teams have got the advice and training which is available from the ASA or from the Advertising Association who have recently put out new training on this subject. And just make sure you can substantiate your claims as well. There's a lot to think of here, but those would be my main messages, I think. I've read that the ASA is supporting other organisations who are working on on similar projects, such as the Competition and Market Authority we spoke about previously. They've obviously got powers to enforce consumer protection laws relating to, to advertising. What are your thoughts on the CMA's green claims code that it recently published and the the recent guidance that's come out that's supposed to help businesses understand and comply with their existing obligations under consumer uh, law? Well, we're hugely supportive of the CMA's new green code and uh, we would be because we helped them to develop it, actually. Um, The team at the CMA and us worked together on this for many months. They've obviously consulted widely and further than just the ASA, but I, I think it's true to say that in large part, their green claims guidance builds on the the very extensive corpus of guidance and rulings that we've developed over many years regulating in the space. 
And it's, you know, there's a huge amount to do in this space of environmental claims across advertising and further afield in the UK. So we welcome the opportunity to work with the CMA and other partners over the coming months and years. Obviously, one of the advantages of having the CMA is, of course, that they can reach further than the ASA. We just obviously deal with advertising. They can look at underlying business practices. And that is obviously going to be interesting for us to talk to the CMA about in terms of how we divide up priority areas to look at in partnership. Our strength, of course, lies in our expertise in advertising and in the fact that we can look at social responsibility issues as well as misleadingness issues. But really important final comment for me is the importance of consistency around this. The CMA's guidance and our work on misleadingness is all underpinned by the same law, the Consumer Protection Regulations. So it's really important that we and the CMA work together closely on this to ensure consistency in our decision making in the coming months and we will continue to talk regularly with them to ensure that takes place. And finally, Miles, you spoke about the work to come, looking to the future. What steps can we expect to see the ASA take in relation to environmental advertising regulation in 2022 and, and beyond? Well, it's already started. There's a huge amount of work coming up. Um, we've got an ambitious program. In the next few weeks, we will be issuing guidance. It's not new guidance. It's guidance which consolidates for the first time all of the ASA's established work on misleadingness and social responsibility into one place and signalling where we're going to be going further. We are going to be, as I've said, guided by the Climate Change Committee's priority areas for consumer behaviour change and carbon reduction because looking at all of the issues we could deal with, we've got to make choices. And we think that if we focus on those areas, which include things like waste, heating and transport, we can have the biggest impact in terms of ensuring that advertising is you know, staying within the rules. So we've already started, made a start on transport, heating and energy. In spring, we'll be moving on to waste, which includes issues like biodegradability, plastic, recyclable claims, and then on to meat, dairy and other non-animal-based food sustainability claims next autumn. And in each of those inquiries, what we're going to be doing is taking a look at the kind of claims which are being made in those sectors and areas using human resources, but also technology-assisted monitoring tools. We'll then be addressing and assessing what we find, and then we'll take action on issues. So that might be a combination of investigation, guidance, research, partnership working with others to ensure that we can bring any problematic claims to the attention of businesses and give certainty and guidance to the, the relevant sectors. And then also this autumn, we are already in the process of commissioning consumer research into carbon neutral and net zero claims and ads, which we think is a priority area. And also the claims that car companies make for hybrid and electric cars as well, which has been identified us in our review as something where consumers have particular concerns about. And obviously with you know the, uh, the switch to electric and hybrid, by 2030, we think that's an, a priority area for us. And then finally, you know, the day-to-day -day work of investigating claims will continue. We'll continue to provide advice and training. We'll continue to support the industry to help them get their claims right, as well as calling them out when they get it wrong. Well, I'm sad to say that our time's up already and we'll have to wrap things up there. I'd like to say a big thank you to our guest, Miles Lockwood, for joining me for this Meet the Regulators podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Miles, we wish you all the best with the ongoing project. I'm Stuart Lesser and do look out for the next episode in the series. 
The Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions are a series of online events, videos, and podcasts, all available at mishcon.com. And if you have any questions you'd like answered or suggestions of what you'd like us to cover, do let us know at digitalsessions at mishcon.com. Until next time, take care. The Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions. To access advice for businesses that is regularly updated, please visit mishcon.com.